Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Would to God that we would so know the Word of God that, as has been said, if we were cut, we would bleed Bible. I want to be the kind of Christian, certainly the kind of pastor, that when I speak, it would be as the oracles of God, that I would speak into the life of another the Word of God, an encouraging Word, and be a blessing to that person, and give them that answer. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Colossians. Non-believers are watching you to see how you get through difficulties and darkness. Do people see hope and joy in you as you experience trouble? Today, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to be ready to answer for the hope you have because of Jesus. Know the Word of God and speak it to others in darkness to give joy, encouragement, and peace. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Colossians chapter 4 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Do I err on the side of an abundance of grace? I'll explain why I ask that question that way. Paul says that our, our words need to be with grace. Our words need to be gracious. We need to have grace and be gracious, especially when we are interacting with the non-Christian. One of the things that I'm learning in my walk with the Lord, especially as a pastor, maybe even more so as a parent, is that it's not so much what I say or do, it's how I say it and how I do it. I I can say the right thing in the wrong way. If we're going to err, we need to err on the side of an abundance of grace. I have never regretted being gracious. Conversely, I have many regrets when I should have shown more grace. Well, here's question number four, and I want to spend a little bit of time on this one because it's really interesting. The question is this, does my conversation with others bring comfort and encouragement? Here, Paul refers to our words not only being gracious, but also being seasoned with salt, which in that culture meant so much more than it does for us today. The value of salt in that day was such that some were actually paid with salt, which is where we get that saying, they're worth their salt, because that was how in that Roman Empire, that's how they were paid, with salt. It carried that much value. 
You know, our English word salary comes from the Latin word salarium. Sal is the Latin word for salt. So what's Paul saying here? Our words season with salt. Well, what he's saying is, is that our conversations should have the same effect that salt has. What does salt do? Well, salt preserves. Salt adds flavor. Salt creates thirst. And perhaps more importantly, salt can be a healing agent. That's what Paul's saying here. Salt keeps the rottenness away. It's a preserving agent. Salt adds flavor. Salt should and always does create this thirst. And when we're talking with people, especially the non-Christian, our conversation should have a flavorful, salty effect, not salty in the negative sense, that totally came out wrong. You get the point. But even more so, our words should have the effect of bringing healing and comfort and encouragement. When we're talking with people, it should have this edifying effect. I was thinking about this, and I, as I was looking through this list and seeking to apply it in my own life, as a pastor and a teacher. And the Lord kind of brought something to my attention that I've thought about, but I always want to make sure I'm never guilty of. And it's this, that when we're talking about the Lord, it should never be boring. It should be full of flavor, full of joy, I think it is, and this might come off maybe a little bit strong, I hope you don't misunderstand me when I say this, but I think it is a shame when a teacher of God's Word is dry. There's no flavor. I mean, it's just, you know, I just think that the Word of God is so exciting. And I think it is just sad when there's no flavor. There's, it's just bland and boring and dry. Are you kidding me? I have to share this. I especially now that I said I have to share this, so now I really have to share it. When I was in California, getting my son settled in, in college, I went to visit a church. No need to mention the name. And it was a church close by the campus. I'm trying to find a church that my son can go to, and I, relatively small church, so we go, we sit in the back, and first of all, uh, nobody even said hi to us. I had to ask one of the greeters for a bulletin, and it was almost like I was, you know, 
it was, I was inconveniencing them. That's why I always say that it is a privilege to be the pastor of this amazing church. I always, I mean, I, I hear it all the time when we have online visitors, as we do today, and they just say, man, you, what, this is a really loving church. And I, this is probably as good of a time as any to uh, say to you, as the pastor of this church, thank you for being such an amazing and loving church. You make the pastorate such a joy. Not many pastors, I would venture to say the majority of pastors cannot say that. I have the privilege of being able to, to say that. It is a joy to pastor this church. You guys are the real deal. You guys are a loving people. So we sit in the back and we're kind of looking around, very uncomfortable. And we're kind of looking around and I, I, I always do this because I'm the pastor. I'm trying to figure out who the pastor is. So I'm looking around like, oh, can't be him. Look, look at that guy. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know how sometimes people who are visiting think when I step up to the pulpit. In fact, this happened when we were at the old church many years ago. Um, visitor comes to the church and didn't know who the pastor was, but just wanted to, you know, visit the church, had heard about the church, not me, just the church. So he's sitting there, and so when I get up, he says, oh, thank, I thought, he said, and, and you did the announcements? I thought, I'm so glad that this isn't the pastor of the church. And then you kept going, and I realized you were the pastor. <laughs> I was like, thank you. I don't think he came back. I don't know why. It must have been a... So we're sitting there in the back, and the pastor, bless his heart, I mean, just a low-key guy, I guess. Maybe it's a temperament thing, but he opened up God's Word, and it happened to be a passage that I'm very familiar with, and a passage that I had already taught. And I was really excited when he said, turn in your Bibles, and it was in Galatians. And I'm like, all right. And uh, I was just grieved. One of the most exciting passages of Scripture, and I mean, it was like you were at a memorial service. And it was hard to follow. There was no flavor. It was so bland. And we just left, and I don't think my son has ever forgiven me for that. So the next time I went back, I took him to Ray Bentley's church, Maranatha Chapel, and San Diego, a little further away, but boy was I so glad I did. I know I kind of digress a little bit there, but maybe I can just say one more thing. When we as believers talk with non-believers, and we don't have that flavor, that salt, that joy, that excitement, that passion. 
and they look at our lives, and we might say something to them like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to go to church with me, would you? No, right? That presupposes that you're even going to ask them. Reminds me of a true story. It was years ago on the mainland. Guy shares about how that every weekend his neighbor would say, hey, you want to go golfing with me? And he said, no, I, I'm, I'm, I got to go to church. Wow, you got to go to church, really? Yeah. So you keep asking him and figured one of these days maybe he'll go golfing with him. And then finally on this one weekend he says, hey, you want to go golfing with me? He says, no, nope, got to go to church. True story. You know what the guy said? He said, you know, I've been inviting you all this time to go golfing with me. You have never once invited me to go to church with you. Oh, how convicting is that? You know what it should be like? There should be such a peculiar thirst-creating joy in our Christian lives that that neighbor comes over and invites himself to your church. Yeah. Hey, uh, I hear you go to that church in Kaneohe, that new nice church in, with that Arab pastor that yells at you and... <laughs> I think you get the point. When we speak, our words should not only be gracious, full of grace, but there has to be some salt. You know, sometimes uh, salt can also sting a little bit, yeah? But it's a healing property. And sometimes we as Christians, I think we miss many opportunities that the Lord presents to us. Well, let's move on, because I'm really convicted now. This is the fifth and final question, and it's in the third part of verse 6. And it's a biggie, by the way. The question is, am I able to give an answer of the hope that I have? If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the main reasons that many Christians don't share their faith, this would have to be it. There's this fear that I don't, I don't know what to say. Or <laughs> what if they ask me a question? And I don't know the answer. You know what's sad, and I, I don't want to, I am fully capable of doing this, and I don't want to be derogatory and start bashing on the church in general in America, but I do lay blame with the pulpits in the United States today because they don't teach the Word. So now what you have are illiterate Christians who don't know the Bible. They don't know how to give an answer 
to even, and these are intelligent questions. You know, God has given us an intellect. He has given, we have this God-given intellect. And it's sad to me that Christians as a whole are so biblically illiterate. And I have to say this too. I was stunned by a statistic I had heard a while back about how many Christians have never read the entire Bible. And again, please, I hear my heart on this. I don't mean to, you know, get in your face on this, but you are being robbed. You are, you don't like, you don't want to have anything stolen from you, do you? Well, you are being robbed of the riches that lay within the pages of God's Word. There are 31 chapters in the book of Proverbs, and some months we have 31 days in the month. Early on, I made a practice of reading the chapter in Proverbs that corresponded with the date of that particular month. And then on the months that there were not 31 days, then you just read a couple extra chapters. And without exception, there would be days when, and this is even before I was in the ministry, when I was in the business world, and I would spend time in the Word in the morning, and without exception, especially when it came to the Proverbs and the wisdom of the Proverbs, it's the best book ever written on business and finance, the book of Proverbs. And without exception, that day I would be in a situation where my time in God's Word was exactly what I needed. Because I was going to be faced with a decision. I'd be in a meeting and then God would bring to my mind that proverb that I had just read that morning. That's just one book. One book, would to God, that we would so know the Word of God, that as has been said, if we were cut, we would bleed Bible. I want to be the kind of Christian, certainly the kind of pastor, that when I speak, it would be as the oracles of God, that I would speak into the life of another the Word of God, an encouraging Word, and be a blessing to that person, and give them that answer that they're seeking. What is the answer that they're seeking? They're asking for and seeking for hope, and we have that answer. We have that hope. First Peter, and I'll close, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. This is again echoing what the Apostle Paul is writing, he expounds even more. Listen to what he says. In your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness 
and respect. You know, I, I'm just as guilty as the, the next person, <laughs> especially when I was a young believer. Man, I was obnoxious for Christ. I was just so disrespectful, really. So he says, do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. I'm rereading a book in my library. It's an old one by Philip Yancey titled, Where is God When It Hurts? Interesting uh, contrast he draws in there concerning suffering. And he talks a lot about Job and how that God never answered Job's question as to why. He only addresses Job concerning his response to it. So you have a Christian over here that's diagnosed with cancer. You have a non-Christian over here also diagnosed with cancer. This, this individual that's a Christian has hope. This one who does not needs that hope. They're watching the Christian to see how they're going to get through the same exact things they themselves are going through. When Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, we are able to comfort others with the comfort we ourselves were on the receiving end of from God when we were going through the same thing that they're going through. But when we do, we have to be able to give them an answer so that they too can have the hope that we have. And when they look at our lives, do they see hope? Do they see that, wow, they're different. They're different. The way they're handling this and and. They're going through this, and I'm going through this, and I'm watching them, but they have hope. I don't have hope. I want that hope. We have to be at the ready to give that answer to everyone of that hope that we have. Thanks for joining Pastor J.D. today on In Spirit and Truth. We know that this time in our nation is uncertain, but one thing remains steadfast. God is in control. We encourage you to spend time during this season in the Word, in prayer, and in the presence of God. As with many churches across our nation, Calvary Chapel Kaneohe is holding services online only. We would still love to worship with you virtually, so please join Pastor JD at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel as well to be notified when each week's service is made available. 
Pastor J.D. will continue to share his Mideast prophecy updates as well. In these, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them with prophecies found in the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. You'll find these on YouTube or on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. We also know how essential prayer is during this time, and we want you to know we're constantly lifting our listeners up to the Lord. Is there anything specific we can be praying for you about? If so, send an email to us at office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's office at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Would you do the same for us, please? Keep Pastor J.D. and our church staff in your prayers, asking the Lord to guide us as we navigate this new and unexpected time in history. And of course, please keep our nation and our leaders in your prayers too, as well as all those affected by this virus. Thank you for praying, and thanks for tuning in to In Spirit and Truth.